Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the second episode of Utopia Talks with me, Jaguar. This podcast is a springboard for discussion and change within dance music culture and the wider world. Over the last year, Clubland transcended into the cloud, with online parties and streaming becoming our only opportunities to let loose and keep the live music community afloat. Whether it was Friday night kitchen raves locked into Zoom parties or defected streams, or beautifully scenic shots of DJs in breathtaking locations, this became the norm for all of us. As we come out of this strange era, it's interesting to reflect on the virtual renaissance of streaming, social media, and the impact it's had on dance music. During lockdown, these guys caught my eye. Queer House Party. They're a DJ collective, community platform, and award-winning LGBTQ plus party that they describe as accessible, radical, DIY, and punk AF. Welcome, guys. Great to have you here. Hello. Thank Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for having us. It's great to have you. Um, I love the tagline, by the way. (laughs) Oh, it's it's changed a lot throughout, but we try and keep all of those main points in it. Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like it, it sums you up well. I think so. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out now. So, yeah, let's take it back to the start then. Like, who is Queer House Party? How did it start? And, and what were your initial intentions setting it up over, back in March last year? During March, I guess we had a lot of DJ bookings and they were slowly dropping off one by one. I had one left at the end of the month. So there was an element of panic there for a lot, the same as a lot of like freelance DJs and performers that we know about how we were going to basically pay our rent, pay our bills, Mm -hmm. all of those things. It kind of started as a creative way to be like, let's just live stream us DJing and see what happens. We worked out that between all of us in the house, so me, Nick and Sarah lived together. And in the house, we had enough for a really dodgy DIY setup. So we decided to put on a live stream and (laughs) see what would happen. We went into it a bit naive. I made a really bad graphic. We put an event up on Facebook and it really, really picked up to the point where after like, I don't know, a few days or like a thousand people that were apparently going to come. So yeah, it was, it was weird. I think from that point onwards, we just sort of really understood like how necessary these spaces are as well, because we went into it just like, let's do something fun for our friends. And yeah, it, it really did snowball. And we're really lucky to work alongside the outside project who had an online community center. And they're the ones that originally suggested, why don't you host it on Zoom? 
And we're really lucky to also work with someone that's brilliant in tech called Dr. J, who was able to basically get us a Zoom package where we can have up to a thousand people coming in. Mm. So it's like all of these different people from at first across the country, eventually across the world, sort of coming together and working remotely to put on this party. So yeah, that was it. Uh, we didn't really know what to expect. Uh, we we put on some fancy clothes. We had a cardboard cutout <laughs> of Susan Boyle. Excellent. We got some really naff decorations and yeah we went live and like over a thousand people came into that first one it was very overwhelming I bet it was um, <laughs> and we just kept the momentum up really I sat down the next day and I just came up with a plan of how we were going to make it work we decided to do it once a week and we just kept going and have done wow. since and we haven't really stopped have no. we Nick <laughs> I mean, I guess in that first one, it was obviously now we bring in for the online parties performers from their own homes or wherever, you know, they happen to be when the show's on. But in that first one, it was just we had uh, another housemate called Celeste who Dance. does a bit of dancing and like performance art. So we kind of thought it would be, you know, a good way to partition up the night. And eventually we realised that we could have other people on screen, which we didn't realise at first. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the most brilliant parts of it is like the setup that we had and which made it different from different live streams was the fact that you can spotlight other people. So all of the attendees with their camera on have a chance to be on that main screen. Yeah. And it means that like people got dressed up, people really like perfected their looks, everyone like was seen and everyone then in the chat as well was like really supportive of like each other's outfits and people really made a big effort to like decorate their house for the big night as well so it's just like something to look forward to each week and we did actually have performers at that first one did we yeah we did it was two performers i had booked at the end of the month and then i had to oh, cancel that, that booking yeah no that, oh, okay. that was number one well, so were they in the kitchen with you or they were they weren't they were in the zoom? kitchen with us they were just at home on a zoom on and zoom. i was like look oh, you were meant to perform at this night i was putting on at the end of the month <laughs> like i've had to cancel that but do you want to try and do this instead like we're going to do it as tips so i can't guarantee cash but we can split the tips at the end and then it was absolutely fine because the queer community has been extremely generous and we've been able to keep that tip system going where people who can afford to just chip in and it just means that we don't have to put sell tickets yeah, as well yeah. Mm. so yeah really from the start we've just been learning learning picking things up and adding new elements and that's it, really. I think that's how it started. Those <laughs> yeah, are all the main much. points. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. And you were doing it as a household then. So it was you. It was you two. And is it Watcher? Watcher. Watcher. So Saren as well. Yeah, the three yeah. of us. They would be here, but it's it's their mother's birthday. Yeah. We'll let you off. So Watcher. yeah, they're usually more eloquent than both me and Harry as well. So <laughs> the brains of the group is not here. Oh, so really? the really? might be a bit lower than perhaps <laughs> it should. <laughs> All right, we'll have to do another one with all of you in the room yeah. as well. And I love as well, like you were talking about using Zoom like back in the day because I'd never heard of Zoom no. before March 2020. No one had. Yeah, no, it's so a whole live. It I really mean, is. We tried Instagram live and obviously Facebook, but I mean, I think we realised we play a bit too much like Britney. Yeah, we get taken uh, down right, straight yeah. away. And, um, Zoom is like this weird... I don't know. We sort of hijacked it. And I love the fact that it's like this corporate package that we've got and we're using it to throw like queer parties. I think it's kind of brilliant that we've like taken it and adapted it. We've been able to add all of these different elements, like in terms of making it accessible or how you can use it. Certain performers can use Zoom in a really creative way that they wouldn't necessarily be able to do in the club. Mm. Like we've had a performer called Cassandra who did a whole number from the bath 
In the bathtub. Yeah, in the bathtub. It was like, that's just stuff that you never would see on a stage as well. Or like people running around their local park or their estate. Just people getting really, really creative with using this yeah. software that was never meant to be for the for a queer party. <laughs> maybe this is exactly what Zoom was designed yeah. for. Maybe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And you also mentioned um, making it accessible. And I think that's something that really struck me is your commitment to making it accessible to all as many types of people as possible, which I think mm. a lot of real life clubs could learn from you guys. Um, I know you've got Max doing sign language yeah, no. and you've got live audio descriptions as well during yeah. events. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? And I think that's really, really interesting and really necessary and isn't maybe done or spoken about enough at all. Yeah, basically how Max initially got involved was they attended like the third or the fourth party mm. maybe mm. and they were spotlit as they were signing their lyrics to a song I think maybe they realised that there were other people attending that could use it and we got in touch after that being like it would be really great if you could do this at every party and make it like an official part and we can ensure that you're visible for everyone who like requires those services we really wanted to make it something that was integral and to try and prove a point and through Max we got closed captioning and audio description involved Mm. It started the discussion about accessibility because obviously the physical access requirements you obviously don't need because people are in their homes where they've got access to their computers already. So I think that was kind of how we got thinking a bit more about accessibility, which we kind of now realise we weren't like doing enough beforehand. Mm. Like we always tried to put on events in accessible venues, which is quite difficult in London some of the time. But it opened our minds to like a whole other set of things that just were possible but weren't really going on as much as they should be yeah definitely i think we always when we were putting on parties before the pandemic as well we always went into it like how can we make this as accessible as possible but i think as nick was saying it took a pandemic to make everyone realize oh there's all these people that are getting in touch with us saying like i haven't been able to go to a queer night or a queer venue for years Mm. and that isn't just focused around like physical access needs like being a wheelchair user it's also stuff like some people because they're neurodivergent, can't be in like a very loud and busy space. There's people that are survivors that don't feel comfortable being out in those spaces. You know, there's a whole range of reasons why people don't feel that venue or that night will be as accessible for them. Mm -hmm. There's a whole other conversation around like whether people feel like they're comfortable in that space and whether they belong there. So I think we've always tried to do that with our parties before, but now it's such an integral part of what we do. I think another element as well is trying to keep the cost down because there's so many people at the moment that like wouldn't be able to attend a night because of financial reasons. So even when we do in real life events now, we offer like free tickets for people that need them. We're trying to do them on a sliding scale as well and just trying to keep it open to as many people. One other thing about doing it online is we've been able to have people from all over the world Mm, which is like even on friday we had i can't remember the list of countries always makes me a bit emotional but there's obviously russia i think we're obviously you know being queer in some senses isn't that safe to do so of course yeah yeah i guess that's one thing that you would obviously just never even think Mm -hmm. of countries where like queer spaces aren't legal and they can just jump on a zoom and dance a night away How does that make you feel really? like, hearing from these people? <laughs> oh, it really good. And like, as I was saying at the beginning, we didn't go into it. I mean, our politics and our hearts are very much wrapped up in this. We do a lot of work around like queer people um, being in the asylum process and coming mm. 
to this country for safety and like these are all things that we're very aware of but then we did this party not to touch upon any of these issues but it's so glad that we've been able to like centralize accessibility our politics and how we want to change nightlife and society to be better like we've, we've been able to like do it all in one which wasn't the intention, but I'm very happy it's gone that way. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I am very happy too. But I think that's like the power of, of I'd say, electronic music and just queer culture as well. Mm. Is that, that ability, you know, to, is powered by being political. Mm. And, you know, that, that sort of drives the whole thing. And that's kind of how you make change through art, you know? Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. And like there's so many Club Nights collectors, venues that I really care about and I think are doing amazing work. Mm. But I also do feel like a lot of the queer scene especially in the lead up to the pandemic has become like quite sanitized and like because of the way the capitalism goes the more accepted our identities have been into society the more the brands and the market realize that they can make money from us and like we're trying to come at it from a new angle where it's not just about making the cash it's about the experience it's about the like political potential of like having all those people in that room. Yeah, all brought together because mm. they they love the same thing and like on that as well. I guess going back to you're bringing people together all around the world, mm. right? Which which is magical. And mm. if you're not able to go to a gay club, and you know, I remember the first time I went to Dolson Superstore, and it it just changed my life, and I just felt so at home. And mm. and it helps you grow into yourself, you know, by going to these queer spaces and seeing people like yourself and making queer friends, and that, that's all part of it. And if you don't have that in a, in your country, you can only imagine how how awful that is. And have you received messages from people from different countries? If you can share any from what you've, how if it has it helped people? Yeah, absolutely. I can't actually think of any specific, but it's been something from the beginning where we get people globally getting in contact with us. I guess it's also not just about being in other countries, but you know, people maybe they're like young and still live at home mm, and yeah. they are not out to their parents. And we've definitely had messages of things like that. Or yeah, you just live absolutely. in like r- really rural places and there's not going to be a Dawson Superstore on, no. you know, the high street in <laughs> Johnny Groats not. or something. Yeah. We should open one up in yeah. every rural area. I think, I think <laughs> that... Yeah. Obviously, because of the pandemic, a lot of people had to go and isolate at home. Mm. And, like, it's going from, like, living in London, being around your queer family, and all of a sudden your income being taken away and you have to move back in with parents that aren't necessarily... Well, sometimes they might not accept your sexuality or gender yeah. identity, but other times they might just not know about it because you're not comfortable. So I think for a lot of people, especially in the first couple of lockdowns, being able to once a week go upstairs and feel like you're with your chosen family again, like that was really powerful for a lot of people. Obviously, nothing beats that physical in real life space. And we're so, so excited to get back to that. But like, it definitely did something. And it's also made us realise that those spaces also weren't the best Mm. and we can do more so we're now coming back to it and we don't want to just go back to normal it's about like bringing everything that we've learned from the past year and a half of like building this community online and now applying it to To physical spaces yeah Yeah. Mm. it does feel that way like having although yeah obviously it's sucked because we haven't been able to physically do this but like I've had a lot of conversations with friends and just how we've had this time to sort of stop and think about how it was before you know calling out things that 
just aren't right. You know, there's a lot of conversations about just making clubs safer in general, yeah. like calling out sexual abuse and what we can do there mm. more in clubs. You know, as we've touched on, some people don't feel safe leaving yeah. the house or get or getting home late at night and getting a taxi to go home, which is understandable. So yeah. what more from what you've learned so far, what do you think clubs can do more of as we return back to it this summer, hopefully? Oh god, I guess there's quite a lot of things. Quite a long list. Yeah, yeah there is a long <laughs> We've list. We've got a lot of time. Also, we don't want to like completely go in for the people that have clubs open. I think Harry was saying it's just like yeah. rent in London and I guess other places does make the opportunities and the options available to you. Like it really limits them, you know, because people have got bar staff to pay and you know rent and licensing fees, which is like obviously a huge amount. But it's a trap. It is it is. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess for me, a lot of the mainstream nights, as I touched upon before, like how capitalism has kind of fucked everything as it mm. does. But like with the rise of like RuPaul culture and stuff, like there are so many nights out there at the moment, which are seen as like the big LGBT nights. Yeah. But they're kind of like for gay men and a lot of the time with drag just like yeah it's just like it's not for the whole community yeah, and i have trans people fr- away right a hundred percent and it's just like i have trans friends who wouldn't be like comfortable in that space and it's just like i feel like our crowds i think one of the we did a real in real life party on friday and i was like the, the thing that made it like it was so special but the thing that made it was just like the crowd everyone was having such a good time there was absolutely no drama no one kicked off everyone was just like really welcoming mm. and like bigging each other up and it just felt like there's really caring, caring the environment right? and yeah. the community vibe and like there's a lot of people there that wouldn't feel necessarily like they would fit in in a standard LGBT night because mm. like they have bad experiences of being around gay men or they might not necessarily think they have like the nicest or edgiest clothes or we just kind of want to get rid of all of that pretentiousness and just be like come as you are it doesn't matter as long as you're willing to have a good time with us, it doesn't really matter about all that other stuff, which mm. I think did take over. But there's so much new energy coming out of the pandemic and there's so many like new nights and festivals yeah, yeah. and everyone's really pushing for this new structure where people genuinely don't feel anxious mm-hmm. about coming to a club night because of the way they look or the way they dress. It's more about everyone in yeah i mean it sounds so ridiculous when you say it like that doesn't it, it? Is, like, yeah, it does. but it is true <laughs> it's like, so true but that's how it should be in it and i think that's really beautiful what mm. you're saying like and yeah you should applaud yourselves for helping create a space like that because mm. people don't feel safe in regular clubs like a lot mm. of the time and i think it's amazing that you're bringing such a cross-section of the community together and mm. they feel like they can come and you know after a year of being inside i know some people are quite nervous yeah. to go out so i think that's really amazing Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So you've gone from online to, like last weekend you had, did you do several in real life parties, right? So tell me about the first one. You had at Colour Factory, you (sighs) sold out as well, right? Yes. Yeah. How does you know? Tell me. How does that feel? <laughs> I like it's good. Obviously, I'm, disco panic before when you're ever putting on events. It's like I'm just stress. gonna not sleep and I'm gonna think of every small thing that could possibly mm-hmm. go wrong. But once nine o'clock hit and the music started, it, that was kind of it. And you just need to embrace it. You need happening. to embrace yeah. it. It's happening and run with it. And what did you think, Nick? Well, I guess yeah. I think I was saying to you just before, like we had we had performances uh, like two different acts and. They ran up until about like half twelve, and so until half twelve, I don't really remember like loads. I remember the, like being stunned at the performances, but mm. then I'd just be like running off to go get the next bit of like I don't know equipment that we needed or gather the next. Performance. Yeah, so I was a bit headless. It's, it's like <laughs> going from like running around our kitchen problem solving yeah. to like running around. Uh, well, I, in pre-COVID times, like a thousand capacity venue. Mm. Yeah, so there's a lot of running around. Um, it was brilliant. The performance was great. We sort of brought on our favourite performers pretty much from the past year so we had Mijit Bardo we had Jada Love Romeo Della Cruz yeah Tito Bone Tito Bone Genie Moment and Baby and Baby yeah so like Tito Bone is a blind drag king who runs Quiplash who have done a bit of consulting with us to help us make sure that the events are as accessible to blind and um, visually impaired visually impaired people as possible um, and one of their things was like, I'm actually not able to leave the house yet, so I can't come and perform on stage. So we're now we're doing this sort of hybrid night, which is in real life, and we're keeping the online element. And that's not only because we still want all those people that we've yeah. sort of got around the world that want to come, but it's also like performers for a variety of reasons aren't able to get back on stages yet. In particular, Tita Bone was like, I can't actually do it in real life. Can I do it at home? So we're committing to having two performers at each of our parties who are going to join us online. Sick. One of those is going to be because of the location. So we're going to have someone that's outside of London. So someone that can't yeah. come to London, yeah. which I think obviously around the country, there are so many amazing performers and we want to be able to keep on working with people that aren't just in London. And another one is going to be focused on like health reasons. So people that can't because they're still shielding mm-hmm. or whatever, because yeah. just because all of us, some of us are ready to get back out there. Not everyone is. And I think it, it worked really well having like a mixture of like in real life performers and online. Yeah. Like we're t- it's totally still a bit of a, a and will always be like a work in progress. We're always learning. Yeah, like I don't know. We had we had like rented this like fancy new camera, and so you streamed the whole thing as well. Yeah, it was all streamed, and obviously at the last minute, the, the little connector for the camera broke, and but we that's went, just went what round happens. in panic. It is what happens. <laughs> yeah, but like you know, all this stuff is to be worked out. So we're keeping the online element. The back of the stage is kind of like people dancing at home. So it's like people also in the room have the option to join the Zoom from their table, which is just kind of carnage, like keeping that element. (laughs) Also, another thing that we did was at midnight, um, so we worked really closely with a sex worker collective called Cybertees. And we've worked with them since week two of the pandemic and we've all become really close and absolutely adore them so much. So like from midnight as well, we had like Cybertees coming on and dancing. So it's just like, okay, drag's done, now it's 
time for the strippers. And like I, people in the room just did not know what was going on. <laughs> it was just like really constant stuff. <laughs> it just everyone would just lost their minds. It was so good. And were you DJing as well? Yes. Like, all of you were DJing as well. Well, yeah, we sort of there's three of us. So one of us was on the music, one of us was on the door, and one of us was running around. Yeah. We might need to expand a okay. bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might have to. And we've also that. got obviously got our hosts, Liv and Two Tali. hosts, Liv and Tali, who are incredible and do all of like the public speaking bit because we can't do it all. No. Mm. I'm okay doing the odds hello. But I don't I, I can't keep up the energy yeah, of the crowd. They're brilliant the only at what words they I do. Said to the crowd was asking people to sit please down. Sit down. <laughs> please sit down. Please. <laughs> Someone in the back was like, fuck off. Yeah. It's like, okay. I mean no one wants to be that person who's <laughs> no. to sit down at like a wild rave of strippers and drag queens and performers <sighs> and DJs. I yeah, mean, that's it's a difficult. Hard, that's a hard one to do. Yeah, and I hope it like, might be the last one that we have to do see it, but also it might not be and we'll make it work. Yeah, have yeah. you are you planning I'm guessing you're planning more of these in real life parties this summer so the big camp. guy which is the one that we did we're committing to doing that once every two months yeah and that's fully accessible with an online element with performers and all of that so that's we're doing that one every other month but then we're doing smaller stuff as well yeah we've got one in two weeks at Dawson superstore <laughs> We're back. <laughs> there we go. That's where I was on Is Sunday as well. Yeah. And then I stayed till 4am. Uh, <laughs> of course. Um, oh my God. But that'll it be was... a fun party as well. That's with um, Junie, Baby, Chio and Cassandra. Who Just all the legends. It's all the legends. In yeah. fact, let's talk about the performers and people you're booking and, yeah. and the mm. artists you're working with as well. Because what I love about you guys as well is you're keeping it within your community, within the family, keeping it very DIY. Mm. You know, you're not bringing in like big names for the sake of bringing in an audience or followers. Mm. So can you tell me about your DIY ethos? I guess the main thing is it's just what we like. And these are performers that like we've seen on the scene quite a lot and it just makes sense for us to book them. We really, really, really want to keep it to a point where we're not selling anyone anything. Mm. And that's from anything from brand sponsorships to partnerships to big performers who or DJs who wanted to perform I think we've always been like look at people's intentions and it's like let's focus on the people who have actually well the government really like the government axed freelance workers is what I was going to say this is um, the thing you know yeah. performers yeah. there was yeah. like very very little support and not only is it just what we like but it's also there's an element of like we kind of necessity the money to, it, to the right you know? place yeah, yeah. absolutely I guess that's another thing that's been really brilliant about all of this is like we've been able to create a form of income for people and it's not like made up for all of the gigs that people have lost but it's definitely helped a lot of people. I do think also it kind of suits what we're doing and our crowd as well. Like I don't think people are coming to us because they want to see yada yada who is on tv and is doing a brand sponsorship mm. <laughs> you know i think they kind of want to see people that you know they can relate to and they know are like members of their community and they would be friends with yeah well that, i don't know that's it's a more it sustainable be. way of th doing things as well yeah you know it is i think you know if you look at i guess if you look at like how pride the direction like a lot of prides in this country have gone mm. right big companies and you know pride bringing in these big companies and it being a bit corporate and just basically the opposite of what you guys are doing yeah, it's like the thing we hate the most yeah well like, that's uh, ironic like <laughs> what no i think a lot of community do like we actually met through organizing before we even started putting on parties mm. and like through the groups we were in we've shut down the front of pride for much of the back of pride we snuck different community groups into the march including like 
groups of support queer people in the asylum process, mm. homeless queers. So we've always been about like, if it's Pride and if it's a march, it's still a protest and should still be a protest. And we absolutely hate the fact that at the front you've got banks, you've got mm. all, the, police, all the, the bad office. ones at the front and then it's a community group to the back and then obviously they wouldn't be able to afford to march anyway. So yeah, keeping it grassroots, being able to just have it as this community space that's not affected or persuaded by any form of brand because as yeah. you can see from it's only been like two we're two days into june and everything mm. has gone rainbow colored yeah. all of a sudden and it's yeah. kind of like this is so insincere and it also doesn't do anything to actually no yeah, it's like, like what, what are you doing for the rest of the year and also what use is it having like a rainbow uber trail on my phone what's that gonna yeah, do yeah and it's also <laughs> like what's that gonna do? these organizations are like actively like really quite harmful to loads of people yeah you know, they just put so much money into like pink washing, which is like mm-hmm. making their brands look queer friendly just to have more people think that they're not unethical. But then they like, like, at least we're killing, like, we're killing all the marine life, but at least it's like queerly killing all the yeah, marine life, you know. Like, <laughs> beyond that, if you look <laughs> at their slogan, yeah, BP and like the amount of funding that they put into like the Egyptian government and like it was last year, it was, is it Sarah? Sarah Hadi, oh, I can't remember that. I don't know. Um, there was like an activist in Egypt that basically got put in prison, mm. and then yeah, she yeah. ended up taking her own life. And it's just like you can't say that you're queer friendly, but then fund a government that was like complicit in basically her taking her own life. Like mm. it's it's th- these things are real and happening, and it's just like these human rights abuses are taking place across the globe and that's like actively against our community so specifically anti-LGBT governments that are being funded by these organisations that are at the front of our pride march I just don't really want you at my pride no. definitely don't want you at my party <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure and I suppose I suppose that is like the beauty of the internet then that we've seen is it's like the mo- it's a very punk place like it's a very DIY yeah. place and it enables like even last year last pride obviously there was no physical pride but I felt you know I, I was like just seeing all these things being shared and like I, I felt this community spirit mm. in the ether last year <laughs> if that makes sense because it was all around in a different kind of way and I saw the things I wanted to see I didn't see big corporate marches and companies I was you know yeah. I think last year it was the march was focused on black trans lives mm. which I think is so important because that's the group that are being most oppressed in our community now and I think pride is no longer political in a way that it's not pushing for the rights of the people that have been left behind which is like people of colour in our community, yeah. trans people in our community. I mean, the disproportionate amounts of like homelessness, mental health, alcohol addiction, like all of these problems that are still relevant. Like we absolutely should celebrate the progress, but like it should still, the focus should still remain on who is still suffering. Mm. And I feel like that's what I want to kick off for basically. Yeah. And do you think we're making progress? I don't know. Oh, I guess my, I guess my feeling is that like there's... Like we've missed about five steps, and you know those five steps. Gay marriage. Mm. Yeah, what about everything else? Basically, like left everyone behind. You know, there's Mm. there is the workplace equality, and like that is obviously important. But you know, there's all the like foundational, basic stuff that's going to like make ensure that people like live comfortable and you know sufficient lives. And though we've missed out all of those things, Mm -hmm. and. Yeah, now we're going for like ticking DNI boxes, which doesn't actually achieve much when there's still, you know, where homeless people are like vastly overrepresented. 
Yeah, like one in four young people who are homeless identify as LGBT, and that's usually because of being kicked out of their homes mm. at such a young age. But that problem then goes on, and it's intergenerational. It's just like we're so much more likely to suffer from all of these problems. Access to healthcare for trans people in this country is obviously non-existent. We've recently just lost an absolutely amazing member of our community um, who took her own life, and she was on going to facing like a five year waiting list for like trans healthcare. So like these things and these problems are happening to people in our community. But then you have the pride movement and also what I was saying about nightlife as well. It's just like all of these things saying like it's all about a celebration and of individual identity, but it's not looking at all the really, really harmful structures that are disproportionately affecting certain members of our community anyway. It's just kind of like the white gays are fine now. Let's all celebrate. They can mm-hmm. get married and have kids. But... That's what just, about everyone else? That's just like the world, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's always like, oh, this cross sections of society's fine. So yeah, tick. Let's just that's everything's <laughs> the work is done, um, and it's and, and mm. it's not. So, yeah, we'll we'll continue to try and <laughs> kick off in the, in the best way that we can. Yeah, um, which I think is another thing that we do with the parties as well is like keeping campaigning quite central to what we're doing and like supporting other grassroots groups that have got stuff going on mm. also doing a lot of like turning up to protests and djing and bringing vibes if a group just wants us to come and we'll round a sound system for a day yeah. we'll absolutely do that no questions asked <laughs> great yeah so it's just trying to keep that element to it yeah. and supporting other groups that are doing work as well because we are just a party at the end of the day <laughs> there is a limit to what we could do I, I, I feel like you've yeah you've really proved that um the power of what you've built online mm. is incredible and now i'm really excited to see you guys yeah go out and doing it in real life and mm. all the things you've been talking about being amazing and we've i think that's been a real positive of this time and with with social media and online but not to put a downer on things, but have you had any issues, you know, some of the downsides of, of doing stuff online? For example, if you're doing something on Zoom and there's a chat box and there's a thousand people on like, how do you police that and make sure, police is the wrong word, how do you make sure yeah. it's safe? Well, we have a few people on on the night on hand to like moderate the chat and we've actually been really lucky, I think, because mm-hmm. our systems are pretty efficient. People haven't really bothered trying that much after the first few parties. We've got like these kind of safeguarding procedures, like you click through some certain links so you don't can't just click on the link that's on the Facebook, which obviously trolls and bots do, mm. which helps. Dr. J has just been amazing at putting things in place to keep everyone safe. Yeah. And yeah. I think before you enter the party as well, there's a safeguarding notice about all the things you can and can't do. For example, like no visible alcohol or drugs on camera. Um, we occasionally get a few people that are nude below the waist, but they they're better. <laughs> we try and stop the nude below the waist. <laughs> I think only like twice, and only then twice. they have got in contact saying we're policing them. It's just like oh, we can't have it all. No, mm. <laughs> above the waist, fine. That's the rule. Yeah. Uh, what else do we ask people to do? Because um, I know you, on your on the link that goes to the Zoom, I know you've got um, like some information. Just like no, obviously no tolerance of homophobia, yeah, yeah, transphobia, yeah. and you kind of got some like. I guess, like, ground rule type things. Yeah, yeah I guess we helped, Plus. like, co-write Goodnight Out online guidance right at the beginning of the oh, start. Wow. Yeah, it was ages ago. <laughs> and I guess those things have sort of, like, informed, like, the rest of the time yeah. that we've done it. Mm. But, I mean, a lot of this, I actually think, to be honest, a lot of the stuff is more difficult as we're moving into venues, basically. Mm. Mm, yeah, Because sure. people can't obviously be harmed in an online space, but the opportunities for harm like much more real mm. when you're out in the world so i mean this event on friday went pretty well 
and there's enough of us that we can kind of sort of things out between us. We've always been quite like proactive mm. and yeah. on hand to do these things. Like there's been instances where people have had not necessarily because of anything in the party, but they've just been like going through some like mental health like issues at the time of the party and have gotten in contact with various like members of our team and We've been yeah, able without to. Us, we've we sort out. We luckily have people that are like mental health. We're a first team aid of trained. like support workers. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So that was kind of lucky. Yeah. And like that particular person is like works for a mental health charity. Yeah. Cool. And do you think this could have happened without the pandemic? Without the situation within where we were so reliant on social media for getting that fix of mm. club culture? Do you think you'd be in this position now if it had just been a normal year? No, no, you used to be absolutely DJing not. in great pubs, I reckon. Oh, I love <laughs> DJing in great pubs. I absolutely love them. I've got some come, some of them coming yeah, up, you actually. Do. Yeah, come back around. I, I don't think so, though, in answer to your question. We were, we were about to launch, like, a summer of parties, which were all going to be, like, fundraising for different anti-fascist organisations around the world. So, like, we were going to put loads of energy into creating a new type of queer party with, like, politics at the core. But... I'm just really grateful the past year has happened because now I can go into it and like organize events which really are accessible mm. in, in all of the right ways. Like we've learned so much from the people we've worked with as well and now we can apply all of that. Yeah. And I think if we went in last year and did the summer parties that we were going to, they probably would have been sick. But there's so much more we can do now yeah. because of this lockdown and like taking a step back and also just like completely rethinking what a party should look like mm. because we we just had to. But that's it. That is what I love to hear. Mm. Rethinking. Rethinking. Mm. That is what I hope a lot of people have spent this time doing. I certainly mm. have. Yeah. That's actually a really good way of putting it. Honest, we all needed a break to think as well. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I think we're all just going like head first into, into the future. But I, I should be to be honest. Oh, we just have to reevaluate you think. Yeah. Mm. And so, yeah, the future for you guys is just more of this in real life accessible yeah smashing the the system yeah <laughs> always always, always. <laughs> i love that guys um thank you so much i've, I've loved oh, chatting to both of pleasure. you this has been so yeah. much thank fun. you for having us um two more things first of yes. all where can people find you if they want to find get involved and come to or watch a queer house party we're at Queer House Party on Instagram. It's just search Queer House Party on Facebook. We've got Twitter, but we're really bad at it. Yeah. Queer Party exactly. House. Queer Party House. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we've got events coming up this summer. So we're doing something at Somerset House. Oh, no, oh I just God. don't know any of the dates. I'm not even going to bother. We've got loads House. of stuff coming up. And if you, if you, we post about them all the time. So. Yeah. Brainchild and body movement. So mm. will be two fun ones. Body movement. Oh, can we talk about body movement? Yeah, yeah we definitely can. can. I'm really upset because I'm actually away. <laughs> but. Oh. Big queer festival in London. 9th of October. It's day Literally. and night and it's every single queer collective. I'm almost anxious thinking about it. No, <laughs> it's brilliant. So we're doing it and we're actually, um, we're Grove is joining us for the night as Amazing. well from Bristol. Yeah, I don't I know if you them. know them. Yep, yep, yep. We're like completely. Your boyfriend's whack. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Sick tune. We're absolutely obsessed with them. So they're going to join us for the night. So it's a house party featuring Grove. Um, wow. So I think there's only like 20% of the tickets left. But yeah. Oh, it's going to be, there's loads of really, really exciting things happening. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and my final question for you guys mm-hmm. is, this is Utopia Talks. We'll be talking about how we can get to the utopia. How do you reckon we can reach it? Oh, <laughs> I guess continue kind of reaching out to your community and like bring in 
bringing your community on board? It's a big question. I don't know. It's, it's a big, big question. question. Yeah. I, like I think, I think what we want is we want like a cooperatively owned, big, accessible queer venue. And that would be our utopia. Yeah. <laughs> Where we can have like people organising during the day and then parties in the evening. See you there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said it now. It's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank great. you. See you Wow, I loved speaking to Harry and Nick from Queer House Party. It's got me really excited about this new world we're entering into post-pandemic and about how we can rethink the scene to make it a better place for all. Big thank you for listening as always and love to Katie Baxter for producing this podcast. Please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And I'd love to know what you think. Get in touch at Jaguar Worldwide on socials. Take care and I'll see you next time. Utopia Talks is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.